Okartov. We are on Mizmor Tzadi Bet. This is a very, very well-known Mizmor. Mizmor that we hopefully say every single week. Called Mizmor Shir Liom HaShabbat. Mizmor of the Shabbat. Let's read the note that the signs also has. Although it was sung in the temple every Shabbat, this psalm is not really about the Shabbat day as such, but rather what our sages refer to as the day that is entirely Shabbat. Ah, he's saying that the Mizmor is about the end of days or like the next world. That is the messianic era when the final reckoning will enable everything to be understood clearly in hindsight. In essence, the psalm is a reflection of an, and an overview of history in which all the negative events that have transpired will be understood as ephemeral phenomena and the precursor of evil's ultimate downfall. The righteous, however, will prove to have permanence, stability, and continuous prosperity in mourning. In the end of, so, so according to that, Perush, the Mizmor is about the end of days or the Messianic era when the Rishayim will all uh, perish and the Tzaddikim will be all uh, I heard doing midrash, well. I, I heard a Midrash. I don't necessarily agree yeah, with that. I heard a Midrash that it was written by, uh, it was said, said by Adama Rishon in the Midrash. We said yesterday that according to some, Moshe this was Rabin. said by Moshe Rabin. But I, I want to find. They said that the sun was setting, and he never saw a sunset on Friday. Uh huh. And then you know he was scared because you know he thinks the world is ending because he had just sinned. And then he sees all, and all of a sudden, sudden he sees that it's like the next day. He happens, does so he, he says said, it's not the end of the world. Shabbat, like he was. That, He's excited that he didn't yeah. that the world didn't come to an end. And that's why we have Abdullah and we have. This. Fascinating midrash. What would that What would that midrash I'll, I'll mean? I'll find it. I'll, 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 no, I, I'm familiar with the midrash. That he thinks the world yeah. is coming to an end because he sees the sun going down for the first time. And then all of a sudden he says, "Oh no, it's it's not. We're not. It's not over. With yeah. the day happens again." So he gets excited on so the Shabbat that the, the world isn't coming Shabbat. to an end. Who knows? No, it was Friday night. He was created on Friday. So he was created oh, at the end were, at the end yeah, of Friday. So he, he, he sinned, and then all of a sudden the sun is setting. He thought, "Okay, but he never saw a sunset." Think about it, so that you think the world's ending. And you see the next day, it's not, so I guess, I don't know. Okay, Mizmor Shirli Yom Shabbat Tov Lehodot Ladonai. What does the Midrash say? Which tribe was this written in connection to, according to the Midrash we read yesterday, that this was all said by Moshe to the 11 yes. tribes? 11 Yehuda. tribes, minus Shimon. Minus Shimon. Why? I mean, who, to which tribe would this one be? According to here, it says according to Yehuda, it goes to Yehuda. Why? Because it says Tov Lehodot Ladonai, and what is it? What is Yehuda's name? Yehuda means Apam Odeet Adonai. So it's a song of thanks. Yehuda has thanks in his name. Oh, speci- so specifically also for tribe. It's not necessarily. It's yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. The midrash, the midrash about the fact that Moshe wrote these eleven psalms for the eleven so tribes. Who was the first one? The first one yesterday was uh, Levi. Levi. Yeah, it was right. Levi because it was in the temple. All right. Tov Lehodot Ladonai Uzamer Shimcha Elyon. It is good to give thanks to Hashem and to sing praises to your name up high, or you who are most high. Okay? Uh, according to the Radak, he interprets this whole Mizmor as someone thanking Hashem for the Shabbat. Meaning, thank you Hashem for giving us the Shabbat. It's good to thank you Hashem for the Shabbat and to sing to your name most high. I don't think that's the Peshat either, reading it. Right? So I, I don't necessarily agree with the Steinzels as the end of days. Yeah. I, I don't... And I don't necessarily that, that, think that, hinting to the end of that this is about the Shabbat. It was a psalm that was sang, sung on Shabbat. That seems to be the Peshat. To tell of your kindnesses in the morning and about your, your emunah, your reliability at night. Now, what's 
there's a poetic uh, you know, usage there, which is basically when you want to praise God a lot. See, I praise Him in the morning and in the evening. That's what the Pasuk is saying. So in the morning, I tell of your kindnesses and about your reliability and your, your faithfulness. I sing about it at night. Meaning I constantly sing I, or I constantly have what to sing your praises for, says the, the, the author of the song. Okay? It's interesting they say Why is his or, or you could even say like this yes, that he, You could that even he, say like this In the morning Whenever we wake up We're typically filled with gratitude yeah. For another day Right At night When we're worried When we're sleeping on our bed And we're worried about what, The day's activities the day? It's more relevant To think about The fact that Borei Olam Is consistently yeah. There and that's, Guiding that's the world a, a in, a, uh, in a good way Okay yeah, The the praise that I can give you to Boreolam can be done with a ten-string lute and with a harp and with a meditative music. Higayon would be meditative music. Bechinor on the another type of harp or lyre or lyre. I don't know how you pronounce that word. Okay. And why am I going to sing to you? Why am I going to sing your praises? Tov lehodot ladonai. Why am I going to be so grateful? For you have made me happy with your actions, Boreolam, and with the works of your hands, I'm going to sing in joy. How great are your actions, Hashem. How profound are your intentions, Boreolam. Meaning, how deep are your are your plans for everything? You, you know, you know. This, it sounds. You it sounds. The mizmor sounds like someone who's was in a rough period, and then uh, he he comes out of it, yeah. and he sees that the rough period was all for his good. Now he turns to Bore Olam and he says, "How deep were your intentions for me? You know, how how much were you really yeah. thinking deeper than I thought?" The next pasuk is telling as well. Yeah. The man who is a boor uh, <laughs> will not know. A man who, is, uh, who doesn't know anything will not understand. And the, the fool cannot appreciate this. Okay? Meaning, the Mizmor wants you to think about not what we typically fall for, which is we, we think, okay, whatever is on the surface is, is the emit. So if something, my business goes down, it's necessarily bad. My business goes up, it's necessarily good. If, you know, whatever bad thing happens is necessarily bad. Whatever good things happens is not necessarily good. But with the way Borei Olam runs the world, things are a lot deeper than that. There's a long game. <laughs> There's a long game involved. And there is a lot, a constant manipulation of things for what Borei Olam sees as the important goal. Now, if, as we, we always say, it's about recognizing that the, the center is Borei Olam and not you. And if you could start to see yourself as a pawn in God's world... And appreciate your position as the side player in the world which is supposed to surround God as opposed to the main player in a world that's supposed to surround you. Then you, learn, then you learn to accept certain things. And then you learn to have a little bit of patience whenever maybe ne negative things may happen. Right? So that's what he's saying. He's saying your actions are so great 
but they're also very deep, meaning they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily visible on the surface. The, the reasons for everything you do, Borei Olam, is not always uh, visible on the surface. The and that's why the fool it. can never understand it, because it's not something that's readily understandable. Right? So for example, what's a classic example now he's going to give about something that is not necessarily understandable on the surface and that a, and a, a fool can't understand, but a wise man can understand. That very often the wicked will sprout and succeed. That the wicked they sprout like grass and the evildoers flourish, and they and they sprout. It's really going to be towards their eternal destruction at the end, meaning this is all going to lead to their destruction. Now the wise man sees that the successes of the wicked are not reliable, and they, that they won't last. Because he could see the long, the long game and, and has the patience to see God's hand in the long game. The fool just sees this and says, Okay, God rewards the wicked, so I might as well be wicked. Now the wicked, they're going to perish at the end. But you, Borei Olam, are forever up high. Meaning, what you represent is stability, long-term stability. For your enemies, behold, your enemies, God, they will be destroyed. They will all be scattered, the, people, the conductors of wickedness. But you, you raise me like the horn of a re'em. Actually, when I was in Israel, I went to the zoo, the biblical zoo, and I saw what a re'em is. It has very beautiful uh, horns. So you're going to raise me up like the horns of a re'em. And I'm going to be anointed with fresh oil my, uh, my eye will look upon my foes meaning I'll, I'll stare them down in a sense it's, kind of, it's a phrase that's commonly used in Tehillim that I'll be able to see their downfall and I'll be secure watching my enemies in their downfall whenever they come against me evildoers my ears will hear as they fall the Sadiq flourishes like a palm tree. Like a cedar in the Lebanon, he's going to grow. They're going to be planted in the house. They're planted in the house of, house of God. And they will blossom in the courtyard of Hashem. And they're going to continue to yield fruit even in their old age. They will remain full and fresh. Now this whole thing, in my opinion, is what the author is saying is the kind of thing that the boor can't understand. That the, that the unsophisticated person can't understand. Which is, they see the success of the wicked in the short term and they think this is it, the wicked succeed. I might as well be like them. And they see the relative lack of success from the righteous in the short term. And they see, okay, this is it. There's no point of being righteous. Why do bad things happen to good but people? The, like yeah, this? but the person who is sophisticated is able to look beyond the surface. Now, the reason I don't necessarily agree that this is talking about, end of world. let's say, the end of days, is because even in this world, if you play the long game, righteousness does typically prevail. It's not only in the times of Mashiach that the righteous will see, the, will, will, will benefit and the wicked will fall. Because the ways of wickedness are always built around short-term gain. Yeah. So wickedness, by definition, as a rule of nature in this world, forget Mashiach's time, It crumbles at one it point. It typically crumbles over time. Short-term pleasures don't last. 
A society that's built off of a dictatorial force typically doesn't last generation. generation after generation. But a society built on goodness in which God and God's law is at the center can last forever, right? Or, or the short-term pleasures of drug use or alcohol, alcoholism, things like that. They can be short-term in terms of their happiness, but they, but they cause the crumbling of the person that's involved in them. Or wealth that's generated from theft can be very quickly earned, but it also is very quickly taken away when the, one who's, when the, other, when the next mob comes and decides to take out the first mob. Right? So all of the gains that are done in a proper way, in a way of righteousness or according to law, they're gains that last. They're goodnesses that last. Right? Yeah, exactly. But the gains that are quickly and short term and the pleasures that are short term, they typically lead to destruction. So that's built into the fabric of the world. So I think, I think that's kind of what the Mismore is talking about, that this is the kind of thing that you have to be a little bit of a deep person to appreciate and see the long game behind how things work in this world. Okay? The righteous in the long term, they will be still producing fruit, while a person who was seeking short term gains by theft and robbery earlier in his life, long term may not even be around. To tell that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no wrongdoing by Him or in God. And that's what the, uh, the difference is between the tzaddik and the rasha. The tzaddik will, will appreciate this and will see, or we'll say the, the sophisticated and the, lack of, the one who lacks sophistication, the one who's sophisticated sees Borei Olam and he sees that there is no wrong in God's ways and has the humility to appreciate that it's God's world and God is the center and that we are just on the side playing in God's game and that there is a, there is a wisdom behind the things that God does uh, and there's straightness in God's ways. So it's a beautiful mizmor. Um, yeah, we said already, we were said that this is, uh, according to the Midrash, is one of the 11 that was by Moshe. This one again, according to that Midrash, is in reference to Yehuda. Because it's Tovle Hodot Ladonai and Yehuda has Hodaya in his name. Uh, according to the Radak, this is a Mizmor about somebody thanking Bore Olam for the Shabbat. Maybe according to the Steinsaltz, this is about the end of days. It's also represented by the Shabbat because the Shabbat is like a microcosm of the times of Mashiach or the next world. Like the, the, you know, it's, a, it's a representative of the perfect existence. So, however, this Mizmor connects to Shabbat, I, I'm not. I didn't see a direct connection to the Shabbat, but you do see some beautiful concepts about how we can look at the actions well, of God every day, and every day of, look at the world with a little bit of sophistication. Like, a, like, like what we shown is like, you know, comparable to a thousand years, they say. Right. Shabbat is the seventh. Yeah, yeah, there, there, are, the there are plenty of Midrashim and things that, that show or that describe Shabbat as being the uh, representative of the end of times or of the... Of the of the next world, the perfect living, the perfect existence. The Shabbat is like a ma'ayin olam haba. Thank God for Shabbat. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen, amen.